Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how. First off, it is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more providers. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's completely free. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. And welcome to the Ballistic Podcast, live from San Jose, California. I'm your host, Guru Ramprakash. Again, live from San Jose, California. And along with me, from Skype, obviously, we're all remote during these trying times, um, Is are my friends, sorry, Vikram Kanth and Varun Arora. So Varun, we're going to start, start off with you. You're in San Jose, California, over Skype. How are you doing? And... Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> good intro, Guru. I'm doing good. You know, I'm in San Jose. I'm just like a, a two-minute drive from your place. You know, I mean, things are good for me. I can't really complain. All I'm asked to do is just um, stay at home and relax. And I get to work from home. So, you know, for me, it's not that bad. For healthcare workers, for supply chain people, I'm sure it's a lot more difficult. But, you know... Uh, you know, it's a tough time, but from my personal experience, I can't complain really. Yeah. I do not know what happened to me on that intro. Anyways, <laughs> and our other co-host on the podcast, he is Skyping from Monterey, California, as he usually does. Uh, Vikram Kanth. Vikram, how are you doing? Not bad, man. How's it going? I mean, uh, are, are you, are you living say? the dream? Is this the dream? This you know what? It's still the dream. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I got great friends like you guys. Aww, still living the dream. Aww. Still living the dream. <laughs> How nice. Yeah. Hey, gotta gotta take appreciation where you can, man. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, and things, small things. This, Especially during times like these. During times like the these. Yeah, I mean, you talk about it. We're just blessed to be able to stay home and get a paycheck and all the, these types of things, yeah. you know, the, the types of struggles other people are having in this times. So like, I mean, I'm truly grateful that my job gives me an ability to, uh, to actually be safe and stay at home right now. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that have to choose between being healthy and, and going to work and getting a paycheck and some yeah. people don't don't have that choice like the arena workers in in the nba and across all sports leagues actually yeah they you think about this is the this is their only job and I mean, 
they depend on this for a paycheck. They 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 don't have a choice. They can't go to work. And, you know, if the NBA has not covered their paychecks yet, and if you are one of those NBA teams, shame on you, um, then they're not getting paid, right? And it's it's tougher on them than anybody else. And my heart goes out to all of those people who have lost their jobs or have been unable to find, you know, that second job to, you know, support their families during during these times. And I also want to give a shout out to, you know, players like Zion Williamson, who has pledged money, a part of his rookie contract, which is not as big as some of the other contracts that you see out there. It's still pretty big. It's it's still pretty it, big, it's great, it but it's a, it's a commendable a, thing for him to do. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I wanted to give him and the others who have Rudy contributed. Paul Anthony Towns. There's a lot of players that are doing yeah. their their best. To, I, I think it was Kevin Love who started the chain. Yeah, it yes, was Kevin Love who Kevin started Love it. Actually, you're right. You're foundation, so right. Uh, in Cleveland. So I mean, you know, there are a lot of good people out there. This is the. Uh, Kevin Love quote of the day type of thing was we need to be more than athletes right now. And I think that that's truth. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later in the show with how the NBA's actions on coronavirus really spurred the rest of society, at least in the United States, to take action towards coronavirus. But I think the other big thing is you think about not just NBA workers, but all of the people, all of the workers that work at restaurants, work shift work at different places, you know, 70% of the United States economy is driven by consumer spending. What happens during this type of lockdown? Well, you don't have consumer spending, right? Like I've been sitting at home. I haven't ordered any food anywhere. I haven't gone out, you know, good for my pocketbook, I guess. But it's awful for the community writ large and society writ large when that's happening. So, I mean, these are the types of things that have real impacts on people's lives. Absolutely. And I, I know I, I know for a fact that Varun and I love to, you know, ha- hang out d- over the over the weekends and, you know, get dinner, grab tea. And those businesses are really getting affected now. Right, Varun? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it really sucks for these, you know, especially the small restaurants, the small um, shops that uh, don't get a whole lot of business in in the first place. And so for them, it really, really sucks. I mean, this this whole situation is is uh, very strange. I mean, strange and it sucks. And uh, just to talk about the whole thing, I mean, what's going on in Italy right now, if you guys see what's going on in Italy, I mean, I'll send you guys a video that I saw the other day. I mean, the situation there is terrible. I mean, hospitals are overrun with so many sick patients. And so I really hope the, the, the U.S. is taking more drastic actions, but I hope they keep, they go a step further and do more. And um, the NBA was like, yeah, I think they were the first organization that really really put the whole country on notice with what they did and uh maybe we can talk about that in fact if you guys want unless you guys yep. want to add anything more so uh, i did want to add one last thing today actually the nba announced uh, its nba together campaign to support people impacted by coronavirus they've set a goal to raise more than 50 million dollars to support people impacted by the coronavirus pandemic so and it's a coordinated effort between the nba WNBA, g league and the 2k league And uh, more than $30 million has already been committed by the leagues, the teams, and athletes. So, I mean, you talk about putting your money where your mouth is as far as uh, the NBA trying to be a part of society and really driving positive change. Uh, That's how to do it. So, you know, we should be really proud of these organizations for for stepping up in a time like this and trying to take care of people. So, 
I thought that that's noteworthy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great initiative. Yeah, and, and to all our listeners out there, uh, please stay safe. Take extra precautionary measures um, and, and, and do the best you can to, uh, to be an example and, and stay at home and don't be, uh, don't be a part of spreading this virus. And um, it, it, it's, it's hard, I agree. But there are some things that we just have to do, and this is one of those things. So, again, regarding coronavirus in the NBA, it all started when Rudy Gobert was patient zero, as we call him, and uh, was the first person to be diagnosed, the first player to, in the NBA to be diagnosed with coronavirus right before the Jazz and Thunder were about to play and that is what triggered the NBA to cancel their season. And since then, several others have been announced to have the coronavirus. Donovan Mitchell, Christian Wood, Kevin Durant, along with two other Brooklyn Nets players. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart on the Boston Celtics. Two unnamed players on the Lakers. Two, three unnamed players on the Sixers and then one unnamed member of the organization on the Denver Nuggets. So those are the names that have been announced so far. Essentially. Yeah, and there are there are definitely some teams there who are not saying anything uh, out of the interest of their players and their their organization as a whole, I guess. Um, but it, it was a very good decision for the NBA to, to stop operations because who knows if they had kept playing, who knows who else could have gotten this disease? And with the contact these NBA players face on a daily basis, the uh, the, the the sweat that you know you come in contact with, it's really really easy for this disease to spread on a basketball court. Uh, for the record, coronavirus is not transmitted through sweat, but yes, just physical contact, touching your face after you know touching somebody else, those types of things are are pretty high risk. But doesn't it spread through water or like any? Any bodily fluids? Like respiratory fluids, not sweat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, just just for a, a, a slight medical correction. Yeah, of course, of course. It's always welcome. Like, I I was under the impression that any any sweat droplets falling on any <laughs> any any other person would, you know, would, like, could possibly trigger the, the virus and, uh, and, and spread it. So, that, my mistake there. Well, but, sweat is sterile in a sense. Say that again? Uh, sweat is sterile in a sense, right? It's like sweat, tears, urine, like those types of things don't really carry that. I see. But it definitely, you you know, you talk about somebody coughing, exhaling, just exhaling on somebody else is enough for them to get coronavirus, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of thing, breathing on a dude, think about being in the post, right? Like, or just on the perimeter, getting up in somebody. Like, it, it's just incredibly easy in that environment, particularly with no real protection for the players against, you know, people breathing on you. So it's an extremely transmissible condition. And secondly, the NBA with the types of contact that players make is, is right for that to actually occur. So uh, you're definitely right that the NBA made the right call. And I just want to say, uh, if the NBA doesn't do this, the NCAA doesn't do it. And we all know that the, for the love of, I don't even understand how the NCAA thought that they were going to be able to continue. But thanks to the NBA taking aggressive action, they canceled the tournament. Now, it is important to say that's going to have a tremendous, tremendous impact on the NCAA. It's something like a billion or like $900 million 
that gets recycled back into Division One schools. So, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting time for them as well. Not that, you know, not that we're a, a college basketball podcast, but the repercussions for this for basketball writ large are, are pretty massive and sports writ large. And and not only that, life writ large, right? We were talking about the entire entire economy going pretty much, you know, down the drain because because of because of this disease and uh, not because of the disease, because of the virus itself. And what's going to be much more difficult, I think, is the recovery from this. How do we how do we put the pieces back together once you know the dust settles? And we have yet to see when that dust is going to going to settle. But it'll be interesting to see how the world responds from this and how we all come together. Absolutely. It's going to be it, it's going to be tough. I mean, you think about just looking at the stock market, right? We've lost a third of the value of the stock market in like two weeks, dude. Yeah, all the gains during the Trump 2016, administration yes. were lost. In, yeah. And I mean, regarding Rudy Gobert, I mean, did you guys see? ESPN put up a video of the minutes before the Jazz Thunder game started. Did you guys see that video? It's uh, actually kind of dramatic. So I, basically, I, I everybody's getting ready to play. And then um, just before tip-off, the Oklahoma City team doctor sprints onto the yep, field. Yeah, I, I saw this talks part. To yeah. the referees, and he's talking to the referees, and the head coaches come, and everybody's stopping to wonder what's going on. And the players are just standing there. And then after a few minutes, uh, the players are told to leave. Then the referees leave. And then the announcer says there's no more game. And so it's pretty dramatic. And so and then a uh, great thing by Adam Silver to call uh, to suspend the season right there. And then I think that was a great call, obviously. And we saw, you know, what happened. But uh, pretty dramatic. I would, I would advise you guys to check out the video. Uh, I saw the clip of the of the doctor running. Yeah. Somebody already put a meme up on that. <laughs> of course uh, there's always a meme guys there's always a meme the days we live in <laughs> and and the the really funny part was that the kings and pelicans were still supposed to play their game on that day but it, it was discovered that courtney kirkland yep. one of the referees in the kings and pelicans game had a, had refed the previous jazz game i think it was jazz and pistons or something like that yeah, and and, so. and and quite frankly, Christian Wood put up thirty on Rudy Gobert, and he got the virus. So yep. um, it, <laughs> it's, it, it's one of those things, man. Like, and, and uh, obviously they ended up canceling that game. And uh, I think the last game that was played was Vince Carter's possible final game in the NBA. Oh well, yeah. Well, based on his yeah. uh, his Instagram, it was. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I will not be surprised if they're not playing any regular season games. Uh, anymore, and we'll get into that. Uh, we're going to get into what this means for the NBA. How do they recover from this? When can we even start playing again? So, oh yeah, all questions. I will say on the Vince Carter thing because I find this hilarious. There is nothing that is more. Un- it is the microcosm of how the league has changed. That Vince Carter, arguably the greatest dunker of all time, ending his game, ending his career on a three pointer. Somebody tell me that's not uh, like just a wonderful representation of how the NBA has moved during his career. I, I, <laughs> just put I, it out there. I, I think I, I think it's a representation of how he's adjusted his game throughout 100%. his career, and but also how the NBA has changed. Man. Of, of course, you know, Vince Carter can still like throw down some pretty pretty nasty jams, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, he 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 definitely can. He's he's one of those guys who's you know really taking care of his body 
over the course of his career. Of course, he's he's been relegated to uh, being a role player rather than, you know, the headline guy over the past several years, but he's handled that role re- really well. He's been a great mentor to uh, to the Hawks in his last couple of years in the league. And, uh, you know, he's our child. He, like, we do talk about Kobe, right? Vince is another one of those guys we, we looked up to as, child, oh, yeah. as, as kids. And it, it's, I mean, uh, him retiring makes me feel old, quite frankly. Um, Varun, Dude, your thoughts? You're like yeah, 27. He's, he's, uh, sorry, go ahead, Rick. You can finish your thought. Oh, no, no, no. I was literally saying, Guru's like, it's making me feel old. Dude, you're 27. <laughs> I know. But he, it's like he's been in the league for the longest time. I still remember when he was on the Nets. And then the magic. I think that's when I started watching the NBA. But I, his one hand, his one-handed dunk is pretty iconic. That's what I remember most about him. But other than that, I'll be frank. I don't have a whole lot of Vince Carter memories. I mean, I gotta be honest. I'm sorry. Dude, the dunk <laughs> contest, man. I still remember that. The NBA yeah. All Star Game in 2000, the last Ooh. one that was held in Oakland, um, in the Bay Area. That and that dunk contest still lives in my memory bank and uh that's really what got me turned on to like you know all-star saturday and all saturday night and all that and uh today since there's nothing on tv i just thought i'd put on you know espn2 and they were showing uh the previous uh high school slam dunk contest and they were showing the 1995 one and business carter won that one so um oh yeah surprise surprise right yeah so uh there you have it vince carter possibly you know he's possibly played his his final game. game in the nba so um, g- given given that, right, how do you guys think the NBA should move forward if this year were to resume again? And again, that's no guarantee. You know, they're talking about postponing the Olympics and all that. And that's, you know, you're starting to get into July and August. You really have to start thinking about is is the NBA, is this NBA season playable anymore? But um, Varun, given your best case scenario, how should the NBA uh, pick up operations again and start up again. So um, Adam Silver actually gave an interview with uh, Rachel Nichols, uh, I think a couple days ago. So you guys should check it out. But so she asked them all the questions that everybody has. And one of them was, you know, how will the NBA resume going forward? And he said, uh, the chances are that if we do resume, we'll likely pay, we'll play without audiences and it'll likely be the playoffs. So, so I think just having audiences in the stadium is probably ruled out for at least this season. That's probably not going to happen. Um, I, I think, I think um, the NBA should go extra cautious on if it's not worth uh, the play. I mean, I think the health is, is the bigger priority. So if it's not worth it, don't do the playoffs and just go towards next season. And even next season, I think, is in a bit of a limbo because – we don't know the timeline for the virus. You know, uh, people are saying it could go well into 2020, like well near the end. And if it does, then the 2020-2021 season postponed too. You never know, right? Um, or they might just play games without any audience for the time being. So it could have an impact, not just for the rest of the season, but uh, next season as well. And so we might see a return to normalcy for the 2021-2022 NBA season. That might be the best case scenario here. So that's like I would first say, case scenario, isn't it? yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. So I would say err on the side of cautious. Um, I think we'll probably find out in June or July what the situation is like. And if it's not close to 100 percent, then I would I think I would prefer just uh, canceling the season and going towards the next season. But Vikram, go ahead. Oh, I uh, I think I think it's really tough to uh 
I think it would be really, really, really hard at this moment to go straight into the playoffs. And the reason I say that is, like, I don't know if you guys have been been reading, like, articles that have been released, like, NBA players are finding it really, really hard to stay in shape, for example. Like, and we're not talking about, like, you and me shape, like, oh, I went for a run today for four miles. Like, yeah, that's, that's good enough for me to stay in shape, like, day to day. It's not enough to play NBA basketball. And I think that's the question that we're going to have to that we're going to have to answer for these athletes is whether or not they can, you know, they can do what they need to do to stay in NBA shape, particularly because they're being banned from going to the gym and shooting like shooting with other people, around people, receiving coaching. Like these types of issues are really really tough. Like it's not really possible for them to work out the same way that they that they were able to before. This is even worse than like a lockout situation, right? Because there's an actual health threat that is preventing them, actively preventing them from actually doing things like that they would day-to-day do. Like, how do you even get shots up in this environment, right? Do you just go to the nearby court and go outdoors and shoot? Like, that's a little different than how they need to train for the NBA season. So I don't think it's realistic to go straight to the playoffs. I think you need at least a couple games before that just to get your game legs underneath you. And then secondarily, give some of the owner some revenue back from just having a couple home games. Cause it's, I think it's like a million and a half dollars per game or something like that uh, for each one of these home games. So, I mean, you talk about the amount of revenue that's being lost too. So uh, I think that the idea of starting the playoffs, just the playoffs is a little unlikely doable, but unlikely. Uh, I think the odds of just fully eliminating the season uh Assuming that things are okay in in terms of uh, in terms of the health risk of coronavirus is unlikely too. I think that they would really really want to finish out the season, and they'd be okay with the season stretching to uh, up to August, mid August, early September. In that case, I think the interesting thing about this entire thing is that this may force a change in the overall NBA schedule that might be really positive in terms of how the NBA schedule is moving forward. So, you know, maybe that's a potential option. So I think this is going to be pretty good for an experimentation purpose as well. What are you suggesting that they experiment with, Vikram? So the you remember uh, in the Sloan conference, there was a proposal to move the beginning of the season to December to not conflict with football as much. Oh, really? So okay. Yeah. Interesting. And so there's some stuff like that, that, that this gives you an opportunity to try something like that. Uh, in a essentially a no risk environment, right? Like you have to do that right now in order to even maintain some semblance of a schedule. We haven't talked about it yet, but you talk about the big types of things that are that are going to be prevented here are what happens to free agency, what happens to the NBA draft. Like all of these things are like downstream effects that come from uh, that come from delaying the finals. So I mean, in that sense, there are very real consequences that are going to force the NBA to push back the start of the next season. And that's some of the stuff that Varun was talking about. Uh, so, I mean, I just hope that we can play next season. At, at a certain point, I don't think people have the conception that this is a really big deal. There's potential that the next season is is impacted by this as well. So I don't think we, we can just take it on face that that doesn't happen. I, I think it's a really good chance that next season is also impacted just based on how, how much the season is getting getting delayed and how the NBA offseason is already one of the shortest offseasons in professional sports. They actually need that time to, you know, do the draft, 
have free agency and prepare for the next season. So, you know, the December start date for for, you know, for for the next year is not is not out of question. And, you know, uh, people have made the point that the NBA season really starts on Christmas Day. It sort of acts as this opening day for for the NBA for you know uh, for for casual fans not not for fans like like us obviously but for for casual fans who who watch the NBA from time to time. Um, I think I think both of your solution both of your um, solutions that you brought up may, uh, mix up pretty well in the sense that um, I think playing the play starting the playoffs right away would would not be wise because you know, as Vikram alluded these players are out of shape and even if they're not out of shape they're really really rusty you might see some terrible playoff basketball and you know that affects the outcomes of series it, it definitely does but i i don't think that revenue is uh is is to be in question here because as Varun said uh playing with with fans in the in attendance you know it's still very wishy-washy right now and you know that's you, definitely not happening yeah of, of course and i i think that whenever they start playing games again they're going to have to start playing without the fans in, in attendance you just got to make sure the players and you know the surrounding personnel meaning the coaches the trainers all of those people are healthy and don't have coronavirus and uh, and not really worry about any 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 other concept because uh, I'm sorry, not only worry about any other thing, because who knows? I mean, who knows uh, if we curtail the spread of the virus, it could kick up again based on, you know, just the number of people that are in the in the crowd on on a certain on a given day. And we, we definitely do not want to, that to happen again, considering what we went through to get to this point um, in, in, you know, in the United States and around the world. So I don't think they can play with fans again. But I do think they need a sort of like a training camp or or a pre-playoff uh, period where they play games and uh, get back in shape and get back in basketball form 100%. before the before the playoffs start. I, I think I think that would definitely be needed, definitely be required. Um, and I actually, <laughs> because the Warriors have the worst record in the league and. Uh, will definitely be uh, a name that is called on NBA lottery uh, night. I was actually looking forward to the draft this year being in June and happening over conference call and no, with no fans in attendance, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, I understand the ramifications of, you know, having the draft um, before the playoffs even start. Right. So the playoffs would need to happen. And then we can think about when the, when the draft takes place and when free agency takes place after that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much, that, that's pretty much my, my take on it. Um, so yeah, if I could just add, so I'll just add uh, a quick uh, thought. So, yeah, sure. you know, we were just talking about it before the podcast started, but the FDA just approved this, uh, you know, super fast, uh, test that can predict, it can find out if you have the virus within 45 minutes. So if, if assuming this goes mass, uh, throughout the United States, then I could see a scenario where. They could bring the NBA back without an audience and have the players tested every day before they play. And so they can find out right there and then if well, they should go ahead with the game. But like even then, I think regarding playoffs, you guys bring up a great point that they're not in shape. But um, I think once, the, you know, the owners, I don't know what their thought, thought is. I mean, they probably want some of that revenue. And also, I think Adam Silver alluded to this. You know, he said they were the first league 
to call call it off. And he also is talking about how they want to be the first league to call it back on, kind of so other leagues can follow suit. So I, I your points are definitely very valid, but I still think it's not a bad idea to go straight into the playoffs. I think it's just more, it'll be a great encouragement for the other leagues and for basketball fans. And it'll be good entertainment, uh, you know, for people staying at home. So I think it has a lot of value. Um, so we'll see what they do. But uh, Vikram, go ahead. I would say it's very unlikely, even with the advent of a mass testing uh, case for this to occur. And the main reason for that is, you, it may, how long do you think that that test can really test for it? And then what I mean by that is, you know, when is the test accurate to? Is it accurate to five days? Is it accurate to what if you have the virus but aren't symptomatic? Is it going to be able to tell that? And that's usually the issue with these types of tests, right? So even if you test a dude every day, if he hasn't started showing symptoms yet, then it, he made the next day and he might have been able to give it to other people. So I think that that's very unlikely to change the the environment for the NBA and any well, sport. Sorry, I think the test uh, will basically find out if you're positive with the virus or not. So, you know, because you still have the infection, even if you're not showing symptoms. So if it's within 45 minutes, you can find out if you're infected or not. Then that would help a great deal. I'm just saying accuracy for these types of things is pretty low in general. Sure. And so I don't know that even. I just think it's very unlikely to get a test with that level of fidelity, particularly with the. the fact that it is new, and even if it's received FDA approval, uh, we'll see whether or not it meets the standard in terms of accuracy for uh, for the resumption of activities like NBA basketball. So I, I think that would be my only counter to that. I just don't think that this changes the environment for the NBA. I think it's a huge deal for society, and I think that we should be very happy that uh, that this change is occurring. But I, I just don't see it, you know, making a, a tremendous amount of difference for the NBA. So what would be the signal for the NBA to, you know, restart operations again? Would it be, you know, a, 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 a drop in the number of cases, um, a, a drop in the, in the worldwide number of cases? Uh, what are we looking for or uh, some sort of treatment that comes out that is able to combat the coronavirus? Either it's, uh, you know, it's contagious, it's contagious nature or internal symptoms. What would be the trigger point for the NBA to say, OK, it looks like this virus is out of uh, sorry, is not out of control, is in control. And we can start the NBA back up again, you know, with some caveats. Vikram? I think it would have to be. Twofold. I think it would have to be a some sort of treatment option for people that are infected with coronavirus and also getting to the point where we're flattening the curve. And beyond that, to actually no new cases, I don't think that it's not likely to me that this happens in the next you know, couple of months. That's why I think like the August, late August, September time frame is much more realistic. Uh, than, you know, a month from now or even two months from now. Uh, absolutely, because in order to in order to see the curve flattening, you need to know what the curve is. Right. Yes. And Precisely. right now we're not even close to knowing what the curve is, because, you know, there are people out there that have coronavirus who don't know it. Correct. And, 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 it's, and it's because, you know, the testing is not as widespread as it probably needs to be. And but. What once we do define what the curve is, then we can start 
flattening it. And I'm not even only talking about the United States. I'm talking worldwide. Um, Absolutely. And we need to know how this affects younger people. Right now, the re- the reports are that it it mostly affects people of older age and people with uh, other uh, other illnesses and other um, uh, other defects in coordinates with the coronavirus. However, there has been word coming out of Italy that young people are indeed being affected by the virus. And by young, we mean, you know, under the age of 40. And they are being admitted to ICUs. And Italy has just has just uh, been uh, like reporting these facts. And you have to wonder, Varun, when it, when is the United States going to be uh, donned with this reality? Yeah, I think uh, the charts say that we're two weeks away from in Italy because we're actually uh, very closely following Italy's path, us and the UK both. So that's a little scary to think about. And especially scary if you look at what's happening in Italy. I mean, I alluded to it, but just yesterday I saw a video and in the, the video shows a prominent Italian hospital, very advanced, and they are completely overrun. I mean, they, they, you know, they had to put patients everywhere in the hospital, even in the waiting area and the reception area. You see patients on bed everywhere, a very small staff having to cater to everybody. I mean, they were completely overrun and overwhelmed. And so if that's the situation in Italy right now and we're on that path, I mean, we got to be scared. Uh, but just alluding to your uh, question about uh, when do you think uh, the NBA can, back, can, can get back to normalcy, I don't think there's an answer for that because, you know, even if you look in China right now, um, they've gotten things under control for now. But when they when they uh, reintegrate uh, the whole society back with the rest of China, which is Wuhan and that entire region, uh, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, are the virus are the cases going to spike back up? I mean, nobody knows right now. So even if cases flatten here, it's still a very delicate situation. I mean, they could go back up any time. And so we really don't know. I mean, I really don't have an answer for that. That's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, and and there really isn't an answer for that. And, I mean, you, you've alluded to China, who have done a tremendous job trying to, you know, control their population, which, you know, they have that ability. They can do that. But with China, you always have to ask the question with some sort of, you know, with some sort of doubt. If they've really controlled the coronavirus, have they really? Uh, so uh, it's 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 one of those things that I mean it just adds to the unknown of a of a virus that we're still trying to figure out. Um, quite frankly, we. Uh, I mean, even if they have controlled it, the the problem is that you know right now they've locked down Wuhan and the entire region, but once that region gets integrated with the rest of China, then you know transportation is allowed, uh, flying is allowed. Those people, when they start once they start integrating with the rest of China, well, cases go up because how do you know you truly have it under control? How do you know there are zero cases? Because there could still be infected people over there, right? So it's a very, very hard situation. That's basically what I'm saying. So until a vaccine comes out, you know, we really don't know how this virus works and or how just easily it can spread or come back up. Yeah. Like, you know, a vaccine is, is optimistic. And, you know, that's obviously our goal for sure is a vaccine. But, you know, we don't we just we need a way to address it in the first place. And if we can get to a treatment part, then that gives us more of an opportunity, more of an ability to react to what coronavirus is doing. If we at least had a treatment, I think people would feel much more comfortable with the situation right now. But 
that's simply not the case. Yeah, from from a true medical perspective, uh, we have close to nothing right now. So th that's what that's what makes this really really dangerous. And again, to all our listeners, uh, we hope you're safe. We hope you're healthy. Continue to quarantine. Continue to stay at home. We don't need more people infected with this disease. That's that's really what it comes down to. So um, getting back into uh, into basketball again. So just in case the NBA were to were to start up again, okay, and th that's that's a big if. Which team stands to benefit the most? That's one of the questions we wanted to ask today. So uh, Vikram, which team stands to benefit the most? in case the NBA starts up again. And let's just say that they start off with the playoffs. Uh, it's got to be the Sixers, right? Like, in terms of just getting people back healthy, your uh, your Ben Simmons with his nerve impediment in his back, Joel Embiid, although Joel Embiid is kind of a mixed case because uh, I guess he could come back really out of shape. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of players on that team that could really benefit from the time off. Uh, I think the Clippers are a, another good option for that because I think it'll let somebody like Kawhi with his, you know, quad neuropathy to be able to rest more. And I think that's good. I think it's going to be broadly bad for everybody because of the, the whole shape thing. But I think that those teams will benefit from getting more rest. Same thing with like a LeBron James being able to get extra rest during the season. So I mean, there's there's some of that, but overall, I don't I don't see it as being that advantageous for anybody in particular. See, see with with the Sixers, right? You talk about them coming back uh, from injuries, and them meaning you know specifically Joel Embiid and and Ben Simmons. Mostly, uh, most mostly Ben Simmons. Uh, and I guess in order to come back from an injury, uh, it does require. Uh, a rehab process, which, as we alluded to earlier in the show, these these players are not going to the gym and shooting. They're not getting, you know, their daily treatment, or are they getting their daily treatment? I think, I I think they are, right? I think some some players who are um, who are you know are hurt and and need need the daily treatment are going in and getting it, but yeah, it, but but the workout it. schedules are really really messed up, and for players that are injured. Those schedules are really, really important to keep up with, just to make sure, like you, you main, you maintain your uh, basketball playing ability and you stay in shape. That kind of stuff, you know, uh, is is sort of lost within, you know, within the coronavirus epi epidemic that we're going through right now. And if those players were to come back and just like have to like ha jump into the wa cold water again, there's a good chance that they that they might re-injure themselves. You know, you, you just never know. So, um, absolutely true, and, and and that's why I, I like your idea, Vikram, of just having you know maybe even of like a five to ten exhibition game season with right. you know a two week training camp before that would really help players um, get get back into you know the basketball playing uh, groove that uh, they know and love. Uh, yeah, Varun, or, yeah. Well, or, I mean, Vikram, yeah. What's oh, up? sorry. Or even that uh, in season tournament idea, but just as a as a way to get. Like, just as a way to get some game time in. You know what I mean? Yeah, for to sure. If that works. It may not even need to be like a playoff type of thing or a play-in tournament, but just like a general tournament, just a way for these teams, these players to get acclimated again to gain speed. But, like, you really got to think about this, right? What we're saying is 
they need to play some extra games. On top of playing some extra games, uh, they need to have some sort of a training camp to get back in shape. I mean, when you talk about this, that's like a month, maybe maybe three-week process before playing the playoffs. And then on top of that, you got to play the entire playoffs. One thing we didn't talk about that we probably should have with that is maybe they go down to, to pairing the games to like maybe a five-game first, second-round series or maybe a three-game first-round series. I mean, th- there's going to be some creative stuff done. Those are all good ideas. And actually, just to jump on that topic, actually, Rachel Nichols did ask Adam Silver about that, and Adam Silver put out the idea of possibly possibly having a tournament of, of a subset of NBA players who could all be put into isolation together and then they could have some form of tournament, maybe like a three-on-three, you know, something like that, just to put something out there on TV. Yeah, yeah. It was obviously a very, you know, small idea. He's not saying it's going to happen, but it was like, it's a very interesting idea. But uh, to answer the question, um, how about the Nets? Because I know KD has his Achilles issue, but come June, July, I don't know, he'd probably be uh, pretty healthy then. And uh, I I know, I mean, I know he hasn't played with the team at all and everything, but It'd still be great to see him out there. And when you have KD, you're going to be a pretty strong team to beat. Although, actually, I just remembered that Kyrie's injured too. So I don't, I, maybe not the next then. But I think it'd be fun to see KD so, in the playoffs. But Guru, yeah, go ahead. what about? I just you? don't. I, I don't see KD coming back for this season. I just don't. Even if even if he was healthy, there's no reason for him to do so. In fact, it only add it only really advantages him if like the the next season starts in December. It's pretty good for KD. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Yep, I agree. So I think that it's unlikely that he would come back anyway. Uh, Kyrie, I have no idea what the heck he's doing. I forgot what his injury was. What was his injury? I think I, I think his injury was uh, was it was it was it the shoulder? I mean, it was the shoulder before, right? And then and then he injured his knee uh, during the uh, during the Wizards Nets game, right? Let me let me look that up really quickly. Right. Um, Kyrie. Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember that he uh, re-aggravated the shoulder injury. Ah, okay. There you go. There you go. That's what he did. Okay. <sighs> that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't think Kyrie. He misses so many games, man. Like, <laughs> I know it's kind of nuts. I feel bad for the guy actually. When you really think about it, it sucks to miss that many, to miss game time like that. But geez, yeah, he has tough. missed a lot of games the last two three seasons. He really has. his two years at Boston. He missed a lot of key games. He missed that playoff series. So yeah, he I mean, availability that. matters. Yep, one hundred percent agree. He 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 did miss a couple of playoff series, right? I think he missed. I think he missed the entire playoffs his first year in Boston. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, I think you're right. So that was really was good. Terry Rozier, scary Terry, uh, and Jason Tatum's Jason rookie Tatum's year. Jalen, yeah, yeah, it was good. It's good. To, yeah, I mean, they they took the Cavs to seven games in that conference finals. So Which I was insane yeah. for the record. It was. Yeah. It was. It, re- it really was. But uh, again, it just goes back to, back to you know, uh, Kyrie. Just I know I don't. I really don't know what what to say. Like he he got he got paid regardless, right? And uh, he just needs to stay healthy because the Nets depend on it. KD cannot carry that team alone. I think I think Kyrie and KD are, are are a pretty formidable combo on the court, but they both have to be healthy, and um, yeah. and and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, 
I, I guess, you know, Bruin brought up a good point that, you know, if KD is able to come back, which uh, I, I really don't know. Again, that's the type of guy who needs rehab. He needs to be in the facility every day. And the fact that he has the coronavirus is not great because... He, yeah, so that's, uh, that's definitely not ideal. Yeah, because he needs to recover from coronavirus before even thinking about his next step, right, in, in his rehab. And... Like a big thing about recovering from the Achilles is uh, like making getting that uh, getting that part stronger and stronger and stronger, and you can only get get that part stronger and into basketball shape by, guess what, playing basketball, doing basketball related activities, and right now uh, he's not doing that. So every day that passes that he's not it's not he's not doing that. It has like an exponential effect on him, per, from a from a health perspective, just because he has that injury and he needs to get stronger. But um, as far as who's going to benefit the most, man, uh, it, it's it's, it's a, a tough, tough question. question. Uh, yeah. I, I would I would pro I would probably I would probably lean Sixers, um, j j just because of what what you alluded to. I think you know they're probably going to be the five or six seed, right? But even with uh, all their players healthy, they have issues winning on the road this year, um, and it, it it has shown its ugly face in multiple ways, uh, and you know. I think without playing without Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid um, uh, unlocked, uh, I think uh, one of their new guys that have really come onto the scene, Shake Milton, right? Before this entire coronavirus came out, he was balling. And the only reason why he was getting playing time was because there was no Ben Simmons. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see like what, what kind of team the Sixers are when, when and if, you know, the season even continues again. But uh, the Clippers sound like a really good candidate just because, you know, their players are getting healthy. Um, and, you know, pa Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are um, are not the most uh, uh, healthy players in the NBA right now. You know, they, they have their share of injury history, and this definitely helps them in, in, in that way. But, you know, right off the top of my head, uh, I, is the net effect of this benefiting anybody? And my answer to from initial from initial thought is no it, it just doesn't yeah. and oh i have one more team one more team just came to mind sure the pacers because uh, oladipo's had a lot of issues with injuries this year so he could probably use that time off and i think the pacers are a good team so if they had a healthy oladipo in the playoffs i think that would go a long way for them 100 percent agree with that by, by the way guys how's malcolm how's malcolm brogdon played this year for the Pacers. I haven't been paying much attention. He's played really well, but I'm pretty sure he's injured right now. Oh, he is? Oh. All the more. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, and I know TJ Warren's been balling. He's been diagnosed with a torn left rectus femoris. Holy crap. He's listed that doesn't uh, sound good. That doesn't sound, yeah. That happened uh, two weeks ago. So, I mean, the dude's not, I mean, it's certainly going to help him to be, uh, to be, to have some rest at this point. Yeah. But even still. It does I mean, not sound good. Yeah, it's not a particularly pleasant industry. Or, excuse me, injury. It's part of the quad, actually. So okay. It's the muscle in the quad that crosses the hip. Yeah, okay. I have no idea where that is. <laughs> when you said rectus, I thought something else. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're in, well, we're in, we're in. It might... Uh, well, well, we'll talk about it later. But uh, yeah, we're rated PG thirteen, guys. Anyways, um, yeah, we've sworn a lot on this show. So we, okay, we we know. have. You're you're right. In, in fact, we're rated as explicit on 
uh, Apple Podcast. Where are we you really? Go. Right. Yes, we we are rated as which is why uh, where you should go and you know listen to our podcast, guys. So uh, <laughs> listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Anyways, um, yeah, go, yeah, going back to that. Yeah, Victor Oladipo definitely coming back from from his injury, right? And get, but he he's the kind of guy that needed more time under his belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I just think the the sad part about this injury is it's not not like or not the the injury, but this condition this pandemic is really not the fact that it's occurring in, in the sense that it's not like a lockout it's not like these guys are being are like able to get up reps they're able to rep things out they're able to rehab they're able to work on skills like this is just lost time for everybody so i mean yep. this is just a huge it's just a loss for everybody at this point so it's yep. unfortunate yep. Yeah, if if any player comes back from this and says, "Oh, well, you know, I was working on my game," they're probably lying. Well, um, unless they have their own personal home court, uh, right? Uh, unless they have their own personal home court, yeah. or you know, like you know, they're one of those guys who, like, I I just sat in my room and watched film all day. I was mentally getting prepared for the NBA season. You know, you know that that sort of stuff. Which I think a lot of players do actually. I mean, good luck. They do have their own court, so it does help. Well, I don't I actually if they if they live in the same place that they're at, maybe. But think yeah, about I like, saw yeah. And yeah, that's I saw I just happened. I saw a video today of uh, Zach Levine playing one on one with his dog, so that was cool. But you know, he has <laughs> his own basketball court, so I'm sure a lot of players do. Yeah, as long as they live where they're at, right? Like Danny Green yeah. doesn't yeah, just oh, yeah, live right. in LA, right? He lives in North right. Carolina. Or his family's oh, okay, okay. You see what I'm saying? Sense. They got a court over there, but they may not have one in L.A., right? Because that's just where he lives during the year. Right. That's, yeah, th- that that is interesting. But by the way, does, did Danny Green go back? Like, are, are players like that going, have they gone back home? No, they're they're quarantining, dude. They're, they're, they're quarantining in their, in their host cities. Got it. Yeah, okay. I mean, wherever they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. By the way, I have a question for you guys. Sure. This is so, a big topic uh, the past few days. What do you think about the NBA using a lot of the uh, testing kits available to the public? Oh, yeah. Because there was a lot of criticism about that. You know, like uh, the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, um, I think when the Nets story broke out, he said, well, I hope they do well. But at the same time, these guys are hogging all the testing kits because apparently uh, the Utah Jazz used half of Oklahoma's testing kits available. So 50. They had 100 use like 50 testing kits just for the jazz and their staff so what do you guys think about that so i think it's somewhat unfair and the reason i think that it's unfair is because they got at least the nets got the tests from private companies and that's simply not something other organizations can do or can stomach the cost for and it is unfortunately the case that if you have money and you have resources you're able to get whatever you want in this country that's just the reality so in a sense it's somewhat unfair those tests were never going to be open to the public, however. So I don't necessarily think there was a conflict in, with that like with that in mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. So I think it's a little bit of much ado about nothing. I mean, the idea that people with money get stuff is unfortunate but true. Yeah, and, and that's precisely right. what happened here, right? The NBA has the, has the power to get, get a hold of these testing kits and you know provide them for players and and for staff to make sure that their league is you know under control 
Right, right, but that doesn't mean much for the general public. It has never meant much, much for the general public. Um, I mean, Bill De Blasio. He, I mean, yeah, yeah, he has a point there, but you know, he he could probably start by locking up New York City first, and then and then we'll go, <laughs> we, then we can talk about you know how the NBA has more testing kits than the rest of America. But uh, I just had a question about these private tests, right? Um, are they manufactured by that private industry and? Uh, there's no like there's no like confirmation but whether it works or not but like we're pretty sure it works is it that sort of thing i'm not really you know what it's a good question i'm not 100 sure actually how this works in terms of what does it mean to get a private test from a company i mean for example it could be that they purchased some tests from the who right like it's those types of things it's just yeah it's a, it's a good question i don't really know the answer off the top of my head man yeah it's a good question. And just to clarify, by the way, regarding the Jazz using 50 testing kits. So I, I put that question out because it was popular this week, but it's not the Jazz's fault that all their staff were tested. Um, from what I understand, Oklahoma's health official told them that yeah, oh, yeah, you guys yeah. got to get tested. So they didn't ask for the test. Oklahoma told them you guys got to get tested. So I'm just, and it just makes uh, to clarify sense. that. Yeah. yeah. It's a good clarification. And also it makes total sense that that would be the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> If you only test the players, you're you're kind of missing the forest for the trees there, right? So I right. I think that we're good on that one. And it makes sense because players can easily spread it, right? I mean, yeah. they can spread it among themselves. Then there are so many fans there. I mean, one fan gets close to them, he gets it, or he or she gets it. They can spread it to other fans over there. I mean, it's such an easy trickle down effect. So it makes sense that players do get, even if it is, if you say it's priority, it still makes sense. Because they can easily spread it to a lot of people. That's totally true. I think that it would be unreasonable to think that they wouldn't get tested. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I think the same way. I think, quite frankly, I think that all thirty teams have done some some level of testing, in one way or the other. Yeah, it's just that only a certain number of teams have come back and announced the results of those tests. And it's, I don't think it's only testing once, right? You can't just test once and be like, oh, these peop people are positive. These people are negative. Of course, everybody's quarantining in the NBA. But then I think they would have to come back after 14 days and take another test just to see, uh, you know, what, what took place. Because, you know, even though these players are quarantining, you know, they still they probably still have to go grocery shopping and they get some fresh air every once in a while. You know, stuff happens. You, you, this is starting to become a disease that you just cannot control. At a very, at a very high level, you can try your best, but at the end of the day, uh, whatever happens, happens. That is totally. That's true. a great point, Guru. That's actually a great point. Now I don't even know if that's true. I mean, I hope actually that they're getting tested at the end of their uh, isolation, but it's a great point. I don't even know if they're doing that. You know, I don't know if the general public is doing that, so I don't know if the players are following that either. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's just a really bad situation. Because like Guru, you talked about at the very beginning, we don't know how bad this is. We may not know how bad this is for a couple more weeks. And if it's bad enough, we're in real trouble. I mean, we're already in real trouble, but it could get worse. Yeah. And so this is, it's a dangerous situation to be in. Uh, I can't, I could not put it any better, guys. And um, do you guys just, do you guys have anything more to add? To, to, to this podcast episode um, regarding um, the NBA draft. So let's just let's just talk about that for just a second. So Anthony Edwards, 
uh, did declare for the NBA draft. Uh, as far as uh, as far as we know, the March. I mean, the college basketball season is over, so players in college can start declaring. So Anthony Edwards is one of the players who declared. Uh, I, and I think Trey Jones of Duke is another player who declared for the NBA draft. So that should be interesting to talk about as, you know, we uh, start to, you know, try to get through uh, the coronavirus and mo- mostly get through, you know, lack of basketball. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll do some draft profiles. I think it would be kind of fun. Maybe talk about the best positions in the NBA on future uh, or best players in the NBA on future episodes, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of content for us to go over. So I think, I mean, I think we have some fun stuff ahead. I agree. I mean, this is actually a great time for us. We can really catch up with the whole season, talk about awards, you know, Um, like, you know, best players, best team, stuff like that. I think there's a lot to talk about in future episodes. So it's a great point. Absolutely guys. And we hope that we're keeping you company over here at the Ballistic Podcast. And um, yeah, we're just going to wrap up this episode right now. So for Vikram and for Faroon, I am Guru. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.